episode of Witchy and Weird is actually our first ever like guest podcast. Um, I have talked about her enough on the podcast that I figured why not bring her on. <laughs> so I'm here with Caitlin. She is my business coach. Caitlin is a lifelong witch, serial entrepreneur of over 13 years, and the business coach behind the internet's most badass spiritual and creative entrepreneurs like me. Caitlin helps mystics bridge the practical and the otherworldly to create money on earth with her signature combination of Capricorn stellium, practicality, and intergalactic spiritual understanding. Caitlin's vision for the world is one where spiritual entrepreneurs thrive in businesses that provide safe, secure, and supportive structures for their cosmic dreams. I love it. Hi, Caitlin. (laughs) Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, and so... Some of you might be thinking like, okay, I'm not a business owner. Like, how is this going to interest me? Like, I I don't know if I'm going to like this episode, whatever. Um, And I just really, I've talked about Caitlin so much and what I've learned from being in her course, BizCraft, because I think that it's applicable for everyday stuff. Like the concepts that she brings to the table are like mind blowing for me. Um, And so I just wanted to bring that conversation here on the podcast because I feel like she has this like unique teaching style and a- approach to her witchcraft, in my opinion, that's like, you make the decisions, you make the rules, like you own your own witchcraft, like you don't follow other people's rules. And I think that that is something that we can all learn and benefit from. So Caitlin, I'd love to know like a little background on you and like how you even got to that like mindset of like being so badass and like <laughs> making your own rules. how did I get so badass you'll have to ask my mother but (laughs) um I totally agree with what you've said leading up to this question about how this is really applicable to anybody because I always say entrepreneurship is a lifestyle and what that means is that what happens in your business affects other areas of your life and vice versa but that applies also even if you're not an entrepreneur you also can benefit from the same you know, inner work we do as entrepreneurs, even if your dream isn't to own a business, it's to do something else entirely. So this is totally applicable to anybody. And I'm really excited to have this conversation here. Um, So really, I guess where, where I, the way I got to that place of you make the rules, et cetera, et cetera, was really just by always being a really rebellious person. (laughs) Quite honestly, (laughs) I was always the person who, did things my way to a fault. You know, I would find a way to like get out of the things I didn't want to do in school and how to do like other things I wanted to do instead. I mean, literally on my college admission essay, I talked about, you know, I didn't have a lot of like traditional extracurriculars, (laughs) but I talked about, you know, putting together punk shows in my town and writing a zine and all these other creative projects I had. So, and and, yeah, spoiler alert, I got in. Um, (laughs) But I always had this rebellious side and that, you know, really made me always come at everything from this place of I'm not going to do it the way that I feel like people are telling me to do it or think I'm supposed to do it. 
what's the way I want to do it? And I learned from a young age that that actually works more often than we think. <laughs> you know, obviously it's a complicated conversation, but there is a, um, there is an element of when you decide to have something that's different from what other people are deciding to have by default, a lot of times we have more power than we think. And we can, you know, make changes and do things in our own way. And we all don't always realize that's available if we don't have examples of other people doing that. To be honest, I don't know who my examples were. I mean, my parents didn't really do that, <laughs> you know, but it's not like they, you know, raised me in a super non-traditional way or something like that. Um, although they did in certain ways, but it really was this matter of like, I'm going to do the things the way I want. I'm not going to do things that I don't want to do. And that really easily or out of necessity led me into entrepreneurship because, you know, I was always that person in all of my job jobs, you know, where I was working for somebody else. I was always that annoying person who was, you know, a really high achiever, but also did things like according to my entirely own rule book. <laughs> and while, you know, that would get me promotions to a certain extent, ultimately that's not really the vibe that fits in a traditional workplace, you know? And so from, you know, my early twenties on, I was starting businesses because I was like, mm, this job isn't going to work for me for X, Y, and Z reason. I'm going to do this other thing that isn't guaranteed <laughs> that is, you know, something that isn't necessarily even like um, that profitable yet, but I have a vision and I feel like if nothing else, I'll have my freedom. And that was kind of always my attitude towards work as well. I love that. Yeah. I definitely feel like it's a blessing that you're here because it's like you were rebellious and your rebellious spirit is like, like you said, like we need examples of other people to like show us that and I feel like that's what you definitely were for me and oh I'm, I love that <laughs> yeah I mean like me to an extent obviously like I already had started my business by the time that I like met you and you you know came into my universe but I feel like I fell prey to a lot of the traps of like new age spirituality which is like a big thing that we talk about here on the podcast and I kind of got stuck in these cycles of like, there's only one way to do it. I'm, I have to fix all my like, problems before I can be successful and all these things. And mm -hmm. having like your, um, your teaching style, like your beliefs was like really refreshing because you were like, no, 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 no. You make your own rules. Like you can have a shitty week and still make money. You can still be healing and still be successful. And so I guess I'm curious to know like what um now that you've like lived through it now that you're like at this point in your life you're like teaching that to other people like what like principles or things did you want to like share when it comes to like making decisions for like the people of the podcast mm. I love that um approach to this because yeah ultimately it, it you know there are a series of decisions that lead us to a certain place and um I think the first piece is like you said recognizing that you do make your own rules Personally, I'm completely allergic to dogma, and that includes new age dogma, as well as, you know, traditional religious dogma, or even non-spiritual dogma. I'm allergic to all of it, <laughs> because I've just studied enough about, you know, psychology, and of course, my awareness, I have enough of an awareness of, you know, socioeconomic inequality, and like all these other things that show me that everyone's experience is not the same. Now, this is a controversial belief, but I actually don't believe in the so-called universal laws because 
The reality is human law impacts what we experience on the universal plane. And that's for a very simple reason. It's because that's how our brains work. Our brains see what we've trained them to see, or more importantly, what the world has trained it to see. So this is why I say we can make our own rules because there isn't a set of principles that exists in a vacuum outside of these other human-made you know, principles. So ultimately, you can ask yourself like, okay, so for example, since you say you talk about this a lot, for example, if you're, you know, if you're absorbing like new age dogma around so-called manifestation and you're like, okay, it's a really common one. Okay. I have to like feel high vibe. I have to like reach for the better feeling thought. I have to like move up on the emotional freedom scale, according to Abraham Hicks or like blah, 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 blah. There's this idea that you have to be better, more perfect, more ascended in order to get what you want. And what that can do, if you believe that, if you choose to believe that, what you can, what that can do is lead you to a place where if you don't feel those ways, <laughs> you think like, oh my God, I can't attract anything good right now. And that's simply not true because look at all the people in the world who have never heard of manifestation, <laughs> who are, you know, maybe not successful the way you want to be, or maybe they are, but they are successful in some way. Some of them aren't even very good people. Yeah. You know, it, that right away shows us that there's more to the story, you know? <laughs> and so we can ask ourselves, you know, what doesn't feel good that I'm currently believing? Because I always say like, if it feels good and it works for you, keep it. I'm not going to be mad at anyone if they're like, actually reaching for the better feeling thought is really empowering for me. And that feels good. Awesome. Yeah. Just recognize that's not the case for anybody. And this is where things can get really dogmatic because we tend to universalize our experiences as humans. And those of us who have success or who have experienced success from a technique or anything else, we experience what's called survivorship bias, which is a psychological, you know, um, phenomenon, if we want to call it that, that's been studied, that basically says when the people at the top get studied and when they study themselves, they will say that whatever they did is what works for others. Right. Forgetting the fact that like right away, I mean, I studied sociology back in college. So it's like right away, you're looking at, you know, statistics and things from an incorrect way because you're ignoring the whole experience of the people it doesn't work for. So I'm going on a tangent there. So back, let's back it up. So you can ask yourself, what am I currently believing about my world that feels like shit, that doesn't feel empowering? Last year in the middle, the beginning of the pandemic, I was not in a good place, um, you know, mentally, like many of us. And I made a decision that I've come back to again and again, that was, I can grow my business I can move forward on my goals, even feeling like shit. I wasn't living the high vibe life. I was laying on my fucking sofa. I hope I can curse <laughs> every night watching Netflix and eating junk food. That's what I was doing. And some people would say that's not very high vibe. I'm putting that in air quotes, anyone listening to the podcast, but I decided I couldn't live in a world, especially somebody who is challenged by mental illness I couldn't live in a world that required me to be perfect all the time where I was requiring of myself to be like happy all the time. And, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So I made a conscious choice to make money anyway, to grow my business anyway. And what happened, my business completely exploded. 
So we can look at where we're putting artificial um, conditions on our success. And we can then ask ourselves like, does this, is this actually, am I creating a world I want to live in? Do I want to be stuck in this way of viewing things? And if the answer is no, ask yourself, what would I like to believe instead? What would feel more empowering? And you are allowed to do that. And once you decide, you continue coming back to that decision because, you know, it's not always just like a one and done thing. Sometimes we have to come back to it again and again, but you start to create a different set of rules for yourself. I would say the universe doesn't make the rules you do. And we can look at that from the perspective of psychology, spirituality, spirituality, whatever you want. Ultimately, you have to ask yourself, what set of rules are you building everything on? And does it feel like something that actually serves the way you want to live? Yeah. And I also like something that just came to my mind too, is like, when you're asking yourself those questions, we talk a lot about like healing and trauma healing. And that's what I do in my business. I think like it will reveal a lot of those things for you too, because you're like, okay, why, why don't I like this? Why am I having so much resistance to this? Like, what is this new belief I want to have? Like, why is it hard for me to adopt this new belief? And, you know, so there's Mm -hmm. so much that can that can be gleaned from like just asking yourself, like you said, those empowering questions, like, what do I want to choose to believe? And why is it important to me? And you'll, you'll find like more information. And I think it's so freeing. Like, that's what I talk about on the podcast and with my clients. Like whenever I teach, I'm the same way. I'm like, I'm going to tell you what worked for me and other things that I've heard other people do, but like, find what works for you. Like, don't just copy me. Exactly. One also just to add on to that, it's important to recognize that, you know, we, we, we get stuck in this idea of like, where we have to fix everything. And this is actually something that has, you know, I've dug into more in, you know, my practice with my own therapist, but so often we're trying to fix the state we're in because, and so often as business owners, we, you think it's like our state is connected to the money we're making or whatever else, but there's a real, a lot of damage that gets done when you're in that place of constantly having to change things. And I remember actually once in a session, my therapist told me, she said, what if you just sat with what is? Why do you feel like it has to be changed? And that was so linked for me. And I see it in so many other people, so linked to this idea that some feelings are good, some are bad, some states of being are good, some are bad. And right away, that creates a judgment that can sometimes make the problem worse over time. Yeah, yeah, because like in embodiment practice that I do with my clients, like I feel like the idea of like fixing things is because like we don't want to experience, like you said, the good and the Mm -hmm. bad. We don't want to experience that negative side for us. And so we're trying to fix it and run away from it. And if we were just to sit in it and allow it to be expressed, like there's still so much we can like learn either on a cellular level or in our in our minds, like from the negative feelings, from the feelings we're scared of, or we we're afraid of, and we don't want to like go towards. And I think that's really cool that it's like, I, I can still be where I am and honor where I am and still like make progress in other areas of my life. It doesn't always need to be like me as a person. I'm always having to grow and reinvent. Like, I, I feel like if we, we get in caught, caught in these cycles of like too much shadow work and it's like, mm-hmm. we need to have space in between to like, just be human. That's the point of shadow work is to help make the human experience mm-hmm. better and more enjoyable. So it's like, do some work and then like, be human, like have fun. Like, like you said, watch Netflix, eat junk food, like do whatever, 
And then like, when you feel like you're ready, then like jump back in when the new like thing is, you know, standing in your way and you're like, okay, I've spent like this month or a couple of months, however long it is, like just being human and enjoying the work that I put in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, ultimately it's all sacred, you know, we're not like this obsession in the new age with ascension is so problematic because it's like, why Okay, many of those people would also probably say, who are like obsessed with this ascension, would probably say, oh, you know, we're, we're spiritual beings having an earthly experience. So it's like, well, where's the earthly experience? Why are we running from it? Why have we decided that, you know, Netflix and chill is less sacred than a meditation practice? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, like, it's different for everybody. We have to know. What do I need now? And that's so tied up to this idea of the rules we're setting for ourselves. And we can also ask, you know, who benefits from this thing I'm, I'm taking on, this belief I'm taking on, who benefits really? Is it me who benefits? If so, awesome, keep it. But maybe it's not, you know, who, I mean, hello, like who benefits from us feeling like we're only good enough if we are, you know, perky, happy, energized workers who are ready to make money, who benefits? <laughs> Capitalism, right. you know? And yeah, obviously sometimes we need to just like buckle down and move through a thing and, you know, do a work thing, whatever, but you get my point. You see the difference and, you know, we need to really dig into the beliefs that we've collected, especially for those of us who are sort of seekers, because we can collect a lot of things that actually aren't really working for us at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I personally, like I realized from taking your course, like you had us do this like challenge where we like uh, checked in every day for a month, like what, what was lighting us up? What was bringing us joy? What were we doing that we didn't want to do? And I kind of realized like I had a lot of subconscious like beliefs that were just running underneath the surface. And I wasn't really aware, like, like you said, like I'm a seeker, like I took on all these, okay, this worked this one time I was hurt this one time, this person said it, you know, and I didn't realize that like my ego was kind of like, tricking me into like Mm. thinking like this is the way things need to be in order for me to be successful when Mm -hmm. really it was like another like deeper like more more sneaky layer of like limiting myself and like not like you said like I wasn't benefiting I was still like (laughs) standard yeah completely yeah okay so hmm so we talked about the power of choice and decision and now I kind of want to bring this into like the witchcraft realm so like you are practicing witch like your bio said Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and I'd love to know like how you incorporate like this type of like ideals that we've been talking about in your witchcraft practice Mm, yeah so this is this when this clicked for me it like truly blew my mind um and it might might do the same for some of you I don't know (laughs) but one day it was actually it was it was because a friend of mine had asked me what does it mean when your spells don't work you know they had been kind of dabbling and you know, doing some spells and things I don't think they consider they call themselves a witch but they were doing witchcraft <laughs> and they were saying you know what does it mean when your spells don't work like why aren't my spells working and it was it opened up this big conversation about what happens when we don't get the change we expect And as witches, you know, we are really connected to the change we're creating in the world. And so it can be especially noticeable or disheartening when it feels like something isn't working. And as I was having this conversation with this friend, which I'll get into in a second, I realized that the question I was answering 
had the exact same answer as the question, why isn't my business working? It was the exact same thing. And ultimately what it came down to, sure, yeah, like there are things we could look at in terms of like clarity and wording and like knowing exactly what you want and all this stuff. But ultimately at the core of it was, did you decide it was going to work? <laughs> and at first some people are kind of like, well, what is that? Like, of course I decide it's going to work. Like I did the spell. I want the thing, of course. And yeah, like, you know, you do shadow work. And so, I mean, so do I, but like <laughs> you do shadow work as part of your business and with clients. And, you know, so I'm sure you dig into this directly with people, you know, the reasons we maybe don't want what we want and blah, blah, blah. But often there is this missed piece where, okay, for example, let's talk about in terms of witchcraft specifically, you cast the spell for $10,000. I don't know. And maybe you put a time frame on it, maybe not. But some amount of time passes and you don't have $10,000, right? So you figure, okay, why did my spell not work? That is the problem right there. Because if you had truly decided you were going to receive the $10,000 and that will was unshakable, at no point would you decide it hadn't worked. Because the only question would ever be, it just why hasn't it worked yet? Not why hasn't it worked? Because once you've decided to have something, nothing gets in the way unless you've made a new decision. For example, this example I give a lot because people don't always, they're not always able to feel like what I'm really talking about here. So I've been talking for 20 minutes. I'm a little thirsty. I have a glass of water right in front of me. I could choose to do the rest of this interview with no water <laughs> because I'm like, oh, this is not a good time. Is it, am I allowed to drink water? I don't know. Like there are many weird things you could think. I could also just decide to drink the water, which I'm doing right now. Let's do that. Let's do that together. <laughs> so I just, right. <laughs> so I just decided to drink the water. And as soon as I decided to, I did it and I drank it and I received the benefits of it. How does this relate to witchcraft? The say it's a candle spell, the lighting of the candle, the doing the spell that needs to be the moment of decision. That is the line in the sand where you're saying the way things were up to this point is not the way they are after this point. And if that's strong enough, I promise your spell will happen or something better, you know, because maybe it, you get something better. But the problem is that people give themselves outs. So they think like, oh, it doesn't work yet. Or like, oh, maybe I messed it up or I didn't do it on the right planetary hour or like whatever. And that self-doubt when it creeps in just kills the magic. It's the same in business. So many people, they're like doing the things in their businesses or any dream you have, like any goal anyone listening has that they're moving towards. You're doing the things, you're doing a step, you're doing the things you think you need to do. But if within you, there's this wishy-washy energy of like, oh, I, did, I never really thought it was going to work anyway, or, oh, I, I really feel like I don't really know if it's a good time or like all this doubt, that's going to get in the way of your success. So what you can do instead is continuously come back. It's fine if you have doubts, but continuously come back to the reminder to yourself, I've decided this is happening. Or you can ask yourself, did I ever decide? <laughs> and probably you'll know, like, you'll know if you didn't, because you're going to be like, oh my gosh, of course. Yeah, I, I never really decided. I was like, if it comes, cool, but I don't think it will. Like, that's the energy with which a lot of people do magic and move forward in their businesses. So it's really linked to not just witchcraft, but anything 
any change we seek to create in our lives. Because honestly, it's all witchcraft, ultimately. That's literally what I was thinking. Like, literally. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. So what advice would you have for people who are like, it's hard for me to decide, like, like if I'm going to say I'm going to make $10,000 right now, like that's really scary for me to say, like, uh, like how do I get to that point where it's like, I know this and it's true. And I, I wholeheartedly believe this. Mm-hmm. Well, the easiest way to do is to do that is just to like, really look at the goals you're setting. So I think in the online coaching world, it's become so popular to talk about like quantum leaps and, you know, like exponential growth and all these things, which are very real and very possible and very awesome. And in my experience, more people aren't in the place yet where they are even close to being open to that. And so that kind of rhetoric can be like a self-sabotaging kind of thing. So one thing you can do is just like bring the goal a little bit closer to home make it something that's a little more believable because if you can't even remotely believe it's possible, it's a waste of time. It really is. You can of course work on your self-belief and you can do shadow work around like what you believe you get to have. But while you're doing that, let's take a two-pronged approach. While you're doing that, you can ask, okay, like what is a goal that would be a big jump, but still feels within my realm of possibility. And sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's a subtle difference. Sometimes we have like a weird thing around $10,000, but 9,000 feels fine, you know? (laughs) So we can ask ourselves, do I want to sabotage myself because 10,000 gets me in my head? Or do I want to bring it a little bit down? It's still a buttload of money. I'm super excited about it, but I just like, I can really believe that's going to happen. So you can do that while also asking yourself on the side, what's the difference between nine and 10,000 for me? Like, what's that really about? And that comes down to belief sometimes and like memories stored in our nervous system and all kinds of stuff. So you can definitely do that. You can break down the goal a little bit more. And then also something I'm actually learning about more recently is a human de- in human design, which I'm not an expert in, I'm learning about myself, but there's this concept of something you can look at, look for in your chart. You could just Google this everyone's either a specific or a non-specific manifester. So most of the like manifestation witchcraft discussion is around specificity. And it's not saying you can't be specific, but depending on whether you're a specific or non-specific manifester, according to human design, that will impact how you best set your goals. So I'm a non-specific manifester and I struggled for a long time thinking like, okay, I have to make a number monetary goal every single month and I either hit it or I don't. And I do that sometimes still, but what I've noticed feels better and is actually much more effective and faster is focusing on less specific things. So for example, I've been focusing on the concept of overflow because I noticed that didn't matter if I was making five, 10, 20, 30,000 a month, I was still sometimes feeling the same sense of like, it's not enough, right? So as a non-specific manifester, I started focusing more on that feeling of like, how do I want this to feel? I want this to feel like more than enough, which can happen at any of those income levels. You know, it's not about the amount, believe it or not. So it's important to ask yourself, like what kind of goals light you up? What you know, kind of turns you on? What gets you excited? And don't be afraid of setting the goals slightly differently than what you have been told by some manifestation person that you're like supposed to do it because we are all different in that area for sure. Yeah, definitely. 
definitely. So a few things for that. I'm also non-specific. Mm-hmm. That was hard for me too, because I had only seen stuff where it's like, be very specific. Set right. <laughs> right. Like, so like what do you do? To write a number on a check on the wall or something. Never done yeah. that. Like. <laughs> yeah. And I like that. Like how you're saying, like, either uh the feeling, the feeling is really important. Like for me, when I, I got a human design reading, they're saying like visualization is really important for mm-hmm. me. Like, visualizing what it looks like because that's like less specific Uh, and and you were saying like overflow so like if you're like well what does that mean like I like uh one thing that we talked about in the course I did with you is like I always have more than enough money to pay my bills or like you said I always have an overflow of money like things like that um and the second thing that came up um which was really cool is like you're talking about the goal setting like for me a point of like sabotage that I do for myself is I set my goals like super, super high and I have mm-hmm. like a specific number. And then when I don't meet it, I'm like very disheartened and I'm very sad. And so I like that idea of like meeting yourself where it feels like more comfortable instead of like trying to achieve somebody else's goal. Like, like we mm. talked about like, the coaching, like I made a million dollars in this many months or you can bring right. it in <laughs> months. And it's like, cool, I'm going to try and do that, you know, and employ it. And it's like, well, maybe that just like is too like scary for you. That's too unsafe for you. And and I'll put this in terms of like non-business. So where it's like creating safety in your body. Like I, I'm, you know, like, do you want to feel safe in your body? Like maybe I'm not feeling safe in my body. I'm feeling safer in my body, mm-hmm. right? Like it might be too hard for us to get to that. Like all the way I made it zero to 60 goal. So I like the idea of like set, finding that happy medium. Like, does this feel a little bit, you know, easier for me? Does this feel more attainable? And sometimes even just taking it down to like step one, like I'm making one sale, I'm doing one mm-hmm. thing to get me there. Cause then you're, you're showing your body, like this is attainable. This is this totally. And like you were saying, we need that framework, that example of like it being done before. And then afterwards you're like, cool. Now I could do two. Now I could do three. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a really common problem, actually, what you just described. Mm-hmm. And I used to do that as well. <laughs> because, you know, it's so easy to, yeah, first of all, like see certain numbers, if, if it's a business thing, or even like certain dreams, you know, that you are like, see maybe all over Instagram, maybe it feels like everyone else is doing is buying a house except for you. And that's the thing you want to do. I don't know. Um, so this applies to anything. But what happens a lot is, you know, for some people setting that really high goal, it is exciting. And whether they make it or not, they're moving closer, which is always the case for all of us, but that feels exciting. But for other people, it can be self-sabotage because it's a way of almost like giving yourself an out because then when it doesn't happen, you can say, well, I knew it wasn't going to happen. The goal was too big. And so again, this isn't about, you know, everyone listening, you have to do it a certain way. It's about knowing yourself and playing with, you know, exploring your natural energetic frequency around these things, because it's going to be different. And also like things can feel different to different people. And really you just, we have to all be willing to do the exploration to discover what works for us. And then of course, yeah, you can share that, but recognize that we all have these unique energetic signatures and it's going to be different for different people. And so it's really important for us to look at things outside of what, you know, the so-called mainstream is telling us to do in some of these areas. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Like, instead of looking to other teachers, looking to other people on the internet as like, okay, how do I copy what they're doing? Like, I'm just going to like take every word that they say and try it. 
but look at it more like you said, like this is just an example of it can be done and I just need to find my way of like how that works for me. So like you can maybe learn new methods from different people, like how I learned like I'm, I need to do it my own way from you instead of like just copying what other people do. So I really like that too. And, and also I do want to highlight something that came up that I feel like is really important that you said, um, moving closer to the goal. I feel like people, um, when we're making decisions and we're making choices, we're like, it didn't happen exactly as I wanted it to, or in the time frame I wanted it to, or I never reached my goal at all. And I think like acknowledging the progress is really important. Like you're saying, like either way I'm moving closer, like I'm making the decision mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm making like inspired action or intent or whatever, like word choice you want to use. And I know that things are happening. So I think it's really important for people to not get so caught up maybe either in, in the exact goal, but like knowing like you're still making progress, you're still getting there. Like, I know the divine timing thing is like really hard for some people to swallow. Cause it's like, I want it right now. Like I need the immediate satisfaction, but yeah, just acknowledging like you you have one more than you did yesterday or you feel better than you mm-hmm. did and you're still making progress. So I think that was oh, absolutely. I wanted to highlight that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really true. I mean, that's again, goes back to the beliefs that you've set though and what you've decided. So one of mine is everything moves me forward. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like, no matter if you really believe that no matter what happens, and of course we're all human. Some things are easier to believe. Some moments are easier to believe this than others, <laughs> but you know, if you've decided that and you go back to that decision again and again, you can recognize that whatever does happen, it's moving you forward because that's what you decided. And part of that's perspective. And part of that is I think energetic as well, because it changes the way you show up as you move forward. Yeah. So, okay. I know there was like these like shadow work prompts that we had done like within the course. And it's like these same three questions that you always are like, just do these every single time. So I would love for you, if you feel like sharing, I don't know if it's like secrets or something, but um, no, not at all. <laughs> like, I think for people, they're like, okay, I need to decide like, I, what is the new framework for me? Like, I'm not feeling like that's the truth. And these are these like questions that you're like, okay, ask yourself these, and then you'll get to that point. So I'd love mm-hmm. it if you can share those. Sure. I don't remember the order of them or if this is the exact wording I gave you, but basically, you know, all of the journal prompts in the world come down to really the same basic ideas and preface. That's not saying you can't, you know, use and enjoy certain journal prompts because sometimes being told to look at something in a really specific way can be helpful. But sometimes also we think like until we have the perfect prompt, we can't dig into something. (laughs) That's not true either, you know? So we can ask, what am I afraid of? So specifically, you know, if you're not getting something that you think you want, you could ask yourself like, what am I afraid of happening when I get this thing? You know, because right, like we always assume that we definitely want something, but if you want something and you don't have it and you've been wanting it for a long time, it's very likely that there is some kind of fear underneath that. A fear of like what it would mean if you got it, what it would mean about you, et cetera, et cetera. So you can look at what am I afraid of? You can look at, um, you know, what you're afraid of. Okay, like what you're afraid that will happen, like I said before. And you can also just look at, you know, what is coming up for me around the idea of having this thing or not having it, you know, because depending on what's focused in your brain at the moment, you might be focusing more on the not having it. So you can ask yourself, like, what's coming up in general? I like leaving that open-ended because 
it's like, it might be good. It might be bad. Whatever's coming up, we're going to write it down. What's coming up around having that thing or not having that thing. Like, what does it mean about you? What does it mean about your success, your dreams, et cetera? You know, like just seeing what comes out and observing it. Um, the third question, I don't remember, <laughs> but it was probably a variation on those two. <laughs> if you know off the top of your head, please feel free I to share. Like, like, what do I want it to feel like, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so yeah, you can ask yourself, you know, what you like looking at, what does this feel like now? It feels like shit <laughs> or whatever, be as specific as you can. And then asking yourself, what do I want it to feel like? And that, I mean, that's like a great shortcut for everybody, because if you, you know, want something, you want it because it'll make you feel a certain way. And if you can feel that certain way, some people say it works because you are like a perfect match for the thing. Some people view it more as, well, now you have the thing you actually wanted. And so you don't have the resistance towards the symbol of the thing. And so when you don't have resistance to something, it tends just to show up in your life. There are lots of different perspectives on why this works, but ultimately doesn't really matter why it works because ultimately it's going to make you feel better and less resistant towards the thing. And that is going to make you enjoy the process more because, you know, there's a real disservice done to specifically to entrepreneurs. And, but you know, I'm sure it applies to other areas too, where there's this like huge, massive desire to rush through things. And I feel it as much as anyone else, you know, to rush through levels and like get to the next level <laughs> constantly and quickly. And, you know, what's the last time you actually just sat and like enjoyed where you are? I mean, has, have those of you listening, have you ever done that? <laughs> you know, when I first was asked that question by somebody, it's like, have I ever done that? I don't, I don't know if I have, you know, that comes more naturally to some of us than others. Yeah. But when you feel better about the thing, you tend to be less resistant towards it. And then you're less resistant towards immediately having to change whatever in your life isn't that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel like whenever I, <clears throat> whenever I did those like question prompts, I feel like it immediately like broke down that wall of like, I don't know, or like, I'm scared to like face mm -hmm. it. Like, it makes it a lot easier to just literally ask yourself like, okay, what does this thing mean to me? Like, why am I afraid of it? You know, like what's going to happen if I have it or don't have it? Like, I think we, we often, and I think this goes along with what we were talking about, like where we see somebody else has something and they achieve something and we're like, okay, I need that. I want that. Yes. And it's like, why do I want that? Like, is it because I'm, I'm thinking like, it's going to make me similar to them or I'm going to be as cool mm -hmm. as them or whatever it is. And so like that already is like taking away your power. Like you're trying to be somebody else. And if Absolutely. we're asking ourselves, like the whole conversation we've been talking about, like, what do I want? Like, does it benefit me? Like, is it really meaningful to me to have this thing? Or is it just like the symbol, like you said, like what it symbolizes? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. So for the, I guess the last question for you would be like, do you have any like advice or anything like you want to share that we didn't talk about that I didn't ask you about during this interview? Ooh, that's a big question. <laughs> um, I think the main thing, if you get nothing else out of this, just remembering that any area of your life where someone else is telling you what you should think, feel, believe, or want if that doesn't feel good, for lack of better terms, it's a little more complicated than good, but if that doesn't feel right, we'll say, then there's an opportunity there to choose something else. 
And this is where it's up to you to get really daring, really bold about what you get to have and what you get to the world you get to live in. And that what this isn't, is it isn't saying that all you have to do is change a belief and everything that's been holding you back is going to disappear, including, you know, like legal issues and socioeconomic issues and like a million other things, but it's a place to start. And, you know, you can also start to just pick apart, like we said at the beginning, like where, what kind of dogmatic beliefs or teachers are you following? That's not saying you have to release them completely, but again, just really recognizing that you do have the sovereignty to decide this isn't the way I want to do things. And this is ultimately just, you know, looking for people and surrounding yourself with people who are doing things in a way that you want to do it is going to be really helpful and make you really feel like it's possible. So if you just remember those things and give them a try, that will make such a difference. And then just finally making sure you're looking at the areas of your life where you are operating from that wishy-washy one foot, one, you know, one foot in one foot out place. That's fine. We don't have to judge that, but just recognizing like, Hmm, I'm actually not all in here. Why? And is that something that I can change? Is that based in a fear or is it indicative of the fact that I don't maybe want this? Maybe I want something else. Yeah. Yeah. I really love all of that. Yeah. I think asking yourself, like, I feel like even just saying like, what areas or aspects of my life have I never asked myself like any, like of these types of questions? Cause I feel like there's certain yeah. in your life that we're like, when I move out, I'm never going to do what my parents do. Like parts of our life where we've already told ourselves, like, I don't choose this. I'm making my own rules. But I feel like there's certain aspects of our life where we never have asked ourselves that. And maybe like, this is your sign, right? Like, this is the time to do it to, to be like, okay, I never asked myself, like, what I actually want to do for a living, like, you know, like, what type of partner I actually want to have, or things like that. And it's like, this is your chance to like question all those beliefs. Like, why did I choose this? Because somebody told me, okay, let's change that. Right. Like, I feel like it's kind of like, um, I don't know, like you don't have to do it all at once. Like it would be a lot to do all of it. Yeah. Like (laughs) over time, like going through and like, it's like cleaning the files in your computer. Like, is this still a relevant, like, like program for me, a relevant rule for me? Like, do I want to keep this and like remove what doesn't, like you said, align with you and, and make you feel good. Um, I really love that. Okay. So, um, where, like, what are you working on? Where can we find you? Like, tell us all of that. Oh, you can find me anywhere on the internet, but I mostly hang out on Instagram, um, at Caitlin Matanley. And I'm sure that would be in the show notes because nobody can ever spell my name. Um, (laughs) but you can find me there. Um, anything that came up during this discussion that you want to ask questions about or talk about, I'm always super open to that. Um, and there's one opportunity to work with me the rest of the year. It's my 10 of pentacles business mastermind. And that's a group business mastermind for anyone earning one K a month in their business or more. It's a mastermind that grows with you. And that's really about building, like I said, the structured, safe, stable feeling foundations in your business that will allow you to grow that business on your own terms with your own set of rules, with your own goals in mind, so that it looks exactly the way you want to look. And ultimately is something that you can continue to build on that won't, you know, take you to a certain point and then crumble as is really common with a lot of people in business. 
So it's really about how can we move through the earth energy that roots our kind of cosmic visions, like Amanda said in my bio, how can we root that down to the earth so that we can really use them, use our businesses as vessels of personal growth, financial growth, and you know, spiritual growth, and continue to build as we grow into higher levels of, of prosperity. Yeah. And if you're not a business owner, I mean, I would just give Caitlin a follow because like I was saying, like she posts all these like mind blowing like concepts. Like, you don't have to do this. You you can make your and I'm like wow, like this is oh wild. totally. <laughs> I actually have a lot of non business owners follow me. Sometimes are people who knew me from other you know paths of life or just other people I've met. And yeah, a lot of I actually have a lot of people who are like I'm not even a business owner. You know, who are on my email list, which you can also find um, in my Instagram bio. So. You can go over there, connect with me there, get on my email list. But yeah, a lot of people actually are like, I'm not even a business owner, but this applies me in this other way. And also probably even more people are always will come and say, like, I didn't think I was a business owner or wanted to be a business owner because I had all these ideas about what that had to look like. And now I do. I get messages like that all the time, which is my favorite because I'm a Capricorn stellium and I want everyone to start a badass business. <laughs> but yes. Definitely come hang out with me, whether you're a business owner or not. And um, we'll include links in the show notes to everything we just talked about too. Yeah. And then lastly, this is being recorded on Indigenous Peoples Day. So I just wanted to acknowledge like where I am in North Hollywood is on Tongva land. So that's where this is recorded. And I know that you're in Mexico. So I don't know if like, if you know specifically, but I know like largely all of Mexico is like Mexica or most people know yeah. like, like Aztec. Yeah. So I, I live in Mexico city. So I am on Mexica land. Um, and, um, yes, what, without going to a giant history lesson about Mexica versus Aztec. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's something that, like, yeah. My, my boyfriend is native and he's Mexican. So like, we've been like learning and unlearning these like colonizer terms. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Super cool. Yeah. So thank you for having me. Um, for having me for coming here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. You were just reading my mind. I was just thinking (laughs) that in my head. I've loved this conversation. We could keep talking about this for another hour at least. (laughs) I know there's so much like to unpack. And I feel like we've covered like good, like starting points for people to start like looking at their life in this way. And I feel like it's so impactful because it can go in any aspect of our life. Um, so yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast for being like the first guest on here. I'm like, I've heard you like at least five times. I'm just going to bring you on here. Um, and yeah, I I'll put everything like how to connect with Caitlin in the show notes and yeah, that's pretty much it. What I have for the podcast and I hope everybody has a great Friday and continues to connect. And if you have anything, like Caitlin said, like, if you want to share anything that comes up, feel free, like reaching out to her or to me as well. Like, I'd love to know like what like mind blowing things come from this because it was really powerful. So thank you. Thank you so much. I've loved this conversation. Yay. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye -bye. If you love witchy and weird podcasts, support us by donating monthly for as little as 99 cents at anchor.fm slash witchy and weird slash support. You can cancel at any time and a hundred percent of the proceeds go directly to the pod. 
or if you don't want to commit to a monthly donation, buy Amanda a coffee at ko-fi.com slash wishyandweird to help fuel them while they record, edit, create, and upload content for the podcast. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and tell your witchy and weird friends about us too. Bye!